The passage that we're going to look at is the passage of the Lord Jesus healing and cleansing the leper. So our Lord is around Lake Galilee and the towns that are on the edge of Lake Galilee. Our Lord is in his early public ministry. He is performing miracles to demonstrate that he is God incarnate and to authenticate his preaching ministry. And a miracle has been performed in front of those who are going to be apostles, showing them that God in his grace will enable them to bring men into the kingdom of God, just as they had miraculously brought fish into their nets. And chapter 8 of uh, chapters 8 through 10 through 12 of Matthew record nine miracles, but we're looking at it from Luke this morning. They are miracles that have particular relevance to the times of the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, this miracle of the cleansing of the leper is one of those miracles that has got a, a wonderful secondary meaning. It's not only telling us about the great need of mankind and the wonderful love of the Lord Jesus and his power to heal those who suffer, but it's a wonderful picture of what the Lord Jesus does in the lives of those who are spiritual lepers and infected by sin. So let's remind ourselves about this poor man that the Lord Jesus met. This man would have been one of the most tragic sights of the age. He was a leper. It comes, the, the, the word le leper comes from the Greek word lepra, which uh, means scaliness, which describes how the skin became hard through the insensitivity. And of course, as we've noticed, it was called by a bacillus, a, a type of germ that takes a long time to reproduce uh, and is hidden in the body long before it shows on the outside of the skin. But when it begins to show, it begins to show in cool places and uh, external places where the nerves reach the skin. Starts off with a light patch in the skin very often and ultimately with the loss of sensitivity of the nerves there is a complete loss of sensitivity. And those unrecognised injuries that occur because of lack of sensitivity can be terrible, as we noticed with what Dr. Brand found, leading to loss of toes and ears. I mean, there'll be sores and the ulcers uh, and hands and feet. Uh, eyes would be affected. You'd rub your nose without realising that your nose had lost its sensitivity. It was a terrifying disease. We read about Ebola in Africa in recent times and uh, the precautions that people had to make. And, of course, uh, it was recognised as something infectious. It's not one of the most infectious things. It's not uh, a fraction as infectious as Omricon, but nevertheless it was infectious, and the people of Jesus' day didn't know how it was passed on. So they took drastic measures and precautionary measures. Just as we use personal protective equipment today, 
Uh, we stay out in the air when there's an infection around. We minimize the number of people we have close contact with. So in ancient times, although they had little understanding of the causes and conveyance of the disease, they took these strong precautionary measures. And if you read uh, the book of Levit Leviticus, uh, there's two whole chapters, chapters 13 and 14 of Leviticus, devoted to instructions as to how the people should deal with leprosy. Uh, let me just quote from verses 45 of uh, chapter 13. The person with such an infectious disease must tear their clothes, let their hair be unkempt, cover the lower part of their face and cry out, unclean, unclean. As long as he has the infection, he remains unclean. He must live alone. He must live outside the camp. Can you imagine being a leper in Bible times? You're ostracized from society. You can't sit and talk with people very easily. Very easily. In fact, sometimes it, it affects the voice and the voice becomes very hoarse. And uh, you couldn't worship at the synagogue. The, the Pharisaical Jews made life even worse for a leper. You couldn't attend a funeral or a marriage. It's a bit like... Uh, how we've been affected with COVID, isn't it? And of course you couldn't earn a living. So lepers were very often beggars as well, living in colonies with other lepers. What a terrible, terrible, hopeless life a leper had with no expectation of finding a cure. And uh, this has gone on for years and years there was uh, the first hospice in England for lepers was at Harbledown in Kent, over there in, near Canterbury in, in uh, the year uh, 1080. And we know today that this disease is still uh, common, oh, well, prevalent in parts of Africa and India. But here is this terrible disease. But there's another disease, and leprosy pictures another disease in human life. The rabbis, as I said, uh, made life were even worse for lepers. There were the old laws in the book of Moses instructing society how to deal with it. But the, leper, the, the Pharisees, as always, added extra commandments. And they also assumed that anybody who got leprosy had been a particular sinner or committed a particularly bad sin. They assumed that because God visited judgment uh, on Gehazi and Miriam and Uzziah, um, because of their sin, God visited leprosy on them. So the Pharisees jumped to conclusions and self-righteously thought anybody who got leprosy must have been visited with a judgment of God. So of course that made life even worse for a leper, because it made them feel not only uh, that they were ostracized from society, but they were guilty before God. Very dangerous to jump to conclusions. Uh, but leprosy, of course, does uh, really illustrate the effects of sin on our lives. Sickness and death came into the world, into a perfect world, into a paradise, because our first parents rebelled against God. And Adam and Eve, by their sin against God, passed on and bequeathed the plague of sin to their descendants. And what is the consequences? The consequences 
are the damage and the hurt and the pain does to human life. What is sin? The Bible describes sin as the transgression of the law of God. What is the law of God? Well, it wasn't that many months ago I tried to demonstrate to you that the law of God tells us that we are to love and worship and obey God. That's the primary commandment. And the secondary commandment is that we're to love our neighbours as ourselves. God commands us to love him and to love others. And sin stops us loving God. The, 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 the self-righteousness, the independence, the resistance to God and his ways causes us to offend God. And a lack of love to others because of our selfishness causes us to fail to love each other as we should. And so leprosy was uh, an outward and uh, a visible sign of an inward corruption. Just as, the, just as leprosy began to be shown on the hands and on the feet and perhaps other ears and nose, uh, it began inside. The outward evidence was there, but perhaps many months, sometimes up to ten years, the, in, the bacillus had been in the body, infecting the body. And this tells us so much about how sin is like leprosy. It, it's an inward disease. We're, we're sinners. We're not sinners because we, we, we sin, we're, we're sinners because we have a sinful nature. The Lord Jesus said, Out of the heart come evil thoughts. Murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft and false witnesses and slander. It's from the heart. It begins with the thinking. It begins with the desires within. Just as original, just as the uh, lepers bacillus was there and nobody uh, realized it was there and he didn't realize it was there but it, then eventually it's manifest on the surface we christians have a word for what's wrong with human life we call it original sin it means that we're born with a nature that is resistant to god and selfish as david said in his great confessional psalm surely I was sinful at birth sinful from the time my mother conceived me it's our nature to be willful and unsubmissive to God it's our nature to be selfish and uncaring about others and it's like leprosy it's, it's, it's deep inside it's not just the Outside, it's inside. And uh, sin, <coughs> like leprosy, uh, affects everything. We uh, find ourselves as we grow up, we find uh, little children giving evidence of something not being right with them because it's amazing how little children begin to be deceitful and begin to be rebellious. And It's not something that they're taught, it's something... That, that just comes out in, in little children. But as time goes by, uh, little sins can grow if they're not checked. Uh, 
And uh, sin is like that. <coughs> Neglect of doing the right thing gets easier. Bad habits grow worse. Leprosy grows and gradually damages so much. Sin can grow until it damages so much. The prophet Isaiah in chapter 64 lamented, all of us have become like one who's unclean and our righteous acts are like filthy rags and we shrivel like a leaf and like the wind our sins sweep us away. No one calls on your name or strives to lay hold of you for you've hidden your face from us and you made us waste away because of our sins. And, and it's, it's so affecting the whole of our life, our thinking. But it's going to bring external disfigurement. It's the most tragic thing about the leper. It was so disfiguring. And isn't that exactly what sin is doing to society today? The media every day have got a new story and they, they love to tell some of the awful things that go on with graphic detail and sometimes people want to feed on that stuff. They want to feed on the foul and shocking things that have gone on in society. All of It's affecting all of our life, our social services, our police forces, our magistrates, our prison officers, our probation services, the rehab centres. All of these are evidences of the damaging and costly effects of sinful behaviour. Sin has to be checked, otherwise it gets out of hand. Just as leprosy needed to be checked, otherwise it was going to cause terrible, terrible disfigurement. The Apostle Paul in Romans, writing to the Christians in Rome, remember he's writing to a society that's very much like ours at large, a, a pagan society, a society that's ignorant of God's law. And he's explaining to the Christians in Rome uh, who haven't got a Bible background. He's explaining to them why the world's in the state it's in. He says in verse 28, Since they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, the Creator God, the living God, he gave them over to a depraved mind to do what ought not to be done. They became filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed and depravity. They're full of envy, murder, strife, deceit and malice. They're gossips, slanderers, God-haters, insolent, arrogant and boastful. Invent, evil wo invent ways of doing evil. Disobey their parents, senseless, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Oh, what a catalogue. What a catalogue might be described as a hate crime today in our society where everybody's got so touchy-feely. But that's telling it as it is. Maybe we don't like to think about that. But without law and order, without the restraints that are on society, life will be intolerable. Sin brings external disfigurement just as we would be horrified at looking at a leper. And sometimes we stand back and look at our world, how sad it is to see that this is going on. Paul ends up by saying, although they know God's righteous decree, although they've got a conscience, they that do such things deserve death. They not only continue to do the very things, but also approve of those who practice them. 
So leprosy is like sin. Lepers had an unpleasant odour. And many sins are so foul that we want to avoid them. But the other thing we have to say about leprosy being like sin, there was no natural cure, certainly not in Bible times. And it's not a natural cure today. It needs somebody to intervene, somebody with medicine, somebody with an operation. In biblical times, they couldn't do anything. And when you think about uh, what I've described, social services, police forces, law and order, it's all a matter of trying to transform lives for the better, restrain evil in society. There's no natural remedy for the badness that's in the human heart. We can try education, we can try re-education, we can try punishment, we can try, try incentives, we can decriminalise people and say, well, it's no longer sin according to the law. But none of those things really change the human heart. The prophet Jeremiah said, can an Ethiopian change his skin or a leopard his spots? Neither can you do good who are accustomed to doing evil. Oh, what a picture. And then, of course, leprosy is destructive. <laughs> and sin is destructive to society and it's destructive to individual lives. As Paul says in Galatians, the one who sows to please his sinful nature, from that nature will reap destruction. It can be a bit depressing listening to this. But I'm telling you as it is. And there's no escape from that. But I haven't come here to make you feel absolutely hopeless and despairing. I hope I've made you see your need of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because <coughs> leprosy was a disease that could be cured. Leprosy is a disease that could be cured. Miriam, in the Bible, had it only for a short time. And the Bible tells us about a Syrian commander called Naaman, who had it, and God sent a little Israelite maid to him who told him about a God that could heal even lepers, a God of miracles, a God of love and power. And I, like a little Syrian maid this morning, am going to tell you that there is a remedy for the sin of the human heart, the disease that is so damaging and so hurtful. Because what is impossible with men is possible with God. Let's look at the Lord Jesus dealing with a leper. While Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered with leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he fell on his face to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. The leper had obviously heard about the Lord Jesus. We don't know how much he knew. I, I, I guess everyone here knows more about Jesus than this leper did. But he knew enough to know that Jesus had power 
knew enough to know that Jesus was kind and knew enough to make him bold to come to him. And he didn't come demanding. He came kneeling, bowing. He realised that Jesus wasn't just any ordinary man and he came worshipping just as you would bow down in the presence of a king. Bow down and honour the person you're coming to. And he, he's so desperate that he's going to break convention. Okay, he should be out the madding crowd. He should be well away from other people. But now Jesus is in his vicinity. Nothing is going to stop him going to the Lord Jesus. The social stigma he forgets. He's got to know and speak to Jesus. And that's one of the first steps if we realise that we need our sin cured and we need to be made clean and we need a new life. And that is to come to the Lord Jesus. Saving faith is always born of need. You become conscious of your need of forgiveness and acceptance and a new life. And you come to Jesus. We're going to close with a hymn. Very familiar. Just as I am. And that's how you come to Jesus. You don't wait. You don't say, Lord, I'll come to you when it's a better time or when I can make some changes in my life. No, it's you come as you are. And then the man prayed, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. You see, it's almost as if the poor leper's psyche had been completely affected by the fact that he'd had to go around with this pitiful cry, crying out, unclean, unclean. He wasn't saying, leper, leper. He was told he'd got to call out unclean. And that had shaped his whole life. He felt unclean. Dirty, untouchable. Unworthy for the presence of God in worship. Unworthy for coming to the Lord Jesus. Nothing to commend himself to God or society. Didn't think God had got an obligation to him. Jesus once said, there were many in Israel with leprosy in the time of Elisha the prophet, yet not one of them was cleansed, only Naaman the Syrian. Why was that? Why was that? They didn't have a sense of their need and their uncleanness before God. This man wanted not only to be healed, but his healing he knew would make him clean. A few years ago I had a block drain in an old property being a can-do sort of man I set off with my rods to unblock the drain without um, going into finer detail <laughs> the block drain ran along the side of the house down the garden, across the garden across the neighbour's garden, into the next garden it took me all day I can't tell you what I smelt like I got home and I ran to the bathroom and I soaked in the bath 
It was a wonderful feeling to be clean. Oh, to get rid of that rancid smell, to get those clothes in the washing machine. Job done. But oh, even after a bath, there was still a bit of the lingering of an odour. What a wonderful thing to be clean. This man comes to Jesus and he wants to be healed and to be clean. What a wonderful thing to be clean of sin. Can you imagine somebody discharged from a law of court? Not guilty! They could go away. They've got a new life ahead of them. They've been pronounced not guilty. They're clean in the sight of the law. Maybe some of you are burdened with a guilty conscience. Try to get on with your life as per normal, but in the back of your mind you know things are just not right with God. You've not been made clean from your sin. Your sins are not washed away. And you live with that. You live in two worlds of knowing that you're, you're guilty and offensive to God because you're not clean and not doing anything about it. This man now knew what he'd got to do and he knew he could do it. And he'd come to the Lord Jesus and he wanted to be clean. It's a wonderful thing if you feel that God has accepted you just as you are He's acquitted you forever. He's never going to bring you into condemnation. You've got a new relationship with God. God loves you. The past is dealt with on the cross. And you've got a new life. No more begging. No more disability. You're free. And that's what happens to a Christian. They come to Jesus Aware of their need. Lord, if you're willing, and of course he's willing. Don't think because you've delayed or you're prevaricated or because you've done certain things, Jesus is not willing. Jesus receives all comers, whatever your background. There is an answer to the cure of leprosy. Dr. Brand helped us understand that. There is a cure for the leprosy that is sin in our hearts. And Jesus has the unique answer. And we need to come to him. So what happened? Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man and said, I am willing, be clean. Oh, here is a man, he's been touched by Jesus. He hasn't been able to touch his wife, if he's got a wife. He hasn't been able to hug his children. Jesus touches him. Jesus is not repelled by him. And that's how the Lord Jesus still is. But there was another reason why Jesus touched the man. Jesus came from heaven and the purity of heaven. And Jesus was living a pure and a holy life. And yet we know what happened to Jesus. Jesus was treated like a sinner. When Jesus went to the cross, he was treated as if he was a leprous sinner. God made him 
who had no sin to be sin for us, that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Jesus, in touching a leper, is touching humanity. Jesus came to touch humanity and give new life and bring cleansing and bring forgiveness. And he had power to heal. Can you imagine this man? Immediately the leprosy left him. Suddenly he looked at his feet and his hands and he could hardly believe it. It was amazing. And you can imagine the, the bystanders. The bystanders watching. What's happened? Oh yes, it's a miracle. But is it too good to be true? One of the ladies that I received that, that uh, was received into membership of my church last night uh, told us that she uh, had been a student. She didn't come from a Christian home. But when she was a student at Cardiff, she lifted up like many students did. And uh, when she professed faith in the Lord Jesus and was baptised, nobody really could believe what had happened to her. The change was so amazing. You may be a good person living at home with mum and dad and coming to church and nobody really knows what you're thinking, but there will be a change. I was like that once. I was a church-going boy, a chapel-going boy, an outwardly correct boy. And I don't know whether you young people in your generation find it difficult to talk to mum and dad, talk to mum and dad about spiritual things. I did. Didn't say anything to them about, because they weren't church members, didn't say anything to them about my conversion, about my confession of faith. Um... But when they found out, they said, well, we saw the change in you. And there will be a change. It may be a new joy. It may be a new peace. It may be a new confidence if the Lord Jesus comes and deals with your sin and brings you to Christ. It was transformational. But then we must hurry. Nearly done. Uh, So it's a disease that's only got one cure. Jesus has reached out and touched him. Uh, showing he's got power and love to do it. And then he's told you what he's got to do. Jesus ordered him, don't tell, don't tell anyone, but go and show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifice that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony uh, to them. Right, so you've got to go back to Leviticus again, Leviticus again. Lots of laws about what to do if you're a leper and you believed you'd been healed. Basically, of course, what's happened to the leper? He's been excluded from society. He's an outcast. Uh, But also, uh, he's excluded from the fellowship of God's people in worship. And and the pattern is similar to actually becoming a Christian and confessing our faith by joining a church. So, the man has to go to the priest. Now, who who was a priest? Well, he got a double role. He was serving the Lord, representing people to God and God to people. But he'd also got an official role. He was like an official in the local community. And if somebody had got leprosy and they believed they'd been cured, or it had just gone, he'd go to the priest who would examine him. And if he was satisfied that there was no leprosy left on his body, he would give him a certificate. 
And that certificate would allow him to go back into society, it would allow him to go back to his family, it would allow him to work again if he could, and he would uh, have uh, this wonderfully transformed life. But it had to be recognised by somebody else. As I said, if you've been changed in your heart by uh, the Lord Jesus coming into your life, uh, the change will be verifiable. But then there was a very elaborate ceremony. Uh, we can't go into it this morning. We, we'll be here all day. Um, but then there's, the former leper had to wash, uh, 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 shave, and then wait seven days to be re-examined to make sure that the priest got it right in the first place. That's what happens when we become Christians, don't we? We come to uh, our fellowship and we tell others we've become a Christian and they talk to us and they ask us what's happened and they wait a little while and they see the change in us and then we're accepted into church membership and we confess our faith by baptism. It was all speaking about acceptance. Lots and lots of details. Time's gone for us to examine them all. But it was all about coming back into fellowship and the community and to walk with the people of God. Can't you imagine how wonderful this must have been? He got the most dreaded thing. The thing that was going to kill him. The thing that had ruined his life. The thing that had been hidden for so long. It was there, it hadn't gone away. And let me say to you, that's the most wonderful thing that can happen to you and me. That we can have a new heart. Our past can be dealt with. We've got new prospects ahead of us, brighter prospects. God with us. This man could say, Jesus has changed my life. And those who knew him best could say, yes, we agree, Jesus has changed his life. This is such a wonderful thing. The psalmist says, Praise the Lord, O my soul. All my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. Oh, is that where we are this morning? Let's recrap so we don't forget. Leprosy is serious, but so is sin. Leprosy pictures how sin is inward and affects everything in our lives and disfigures life. It is incurable by natural means and ends in eternal loss. But it's a disease that can be cured. It's cured when the man fell on his face and begged Jesus. It's when he appealed to Jesus and trusted his life with Jesus. And that's what cures the inner sin of our hearts. Jesus reaches out to those who reach out to him and touches and transforms and gives hope. And then he tells us what to do. Go to the priest. Go and make it known. Go and tell others what Jesus has done for you. I can corroborate to others that you are healed. Now you can enjoy a new life. Now you can enjoy fellowship with God's people. Now you can enjoy the peace of God 
that passes understanding. That's my prayer. <laughs>